The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Trade deadline, Media Mash. Let's ride. You see him on their phone. John Machota, The Athletic. Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Looking frantically to see, did Gerald Wayne Jones do anything on this Tuesday at the buzzer to secure the future of the Dallas Cowboys, who were 6-2 and two heading to the bye week? Uh, you guys are still scrolling, so that looks like a no. Oh, I was going to yeah, see what, no. if you want to jump in. Go ahead. It's a, it's a no. It's a no. Um, so the Cowboys are we're at the trade deadline officially, um, and no news upstairs as far as any looming talks or anything. So it doesn't look like uh, it's going to happen. So the Cowboys make one trade uh, this season. That's going to be defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Last week made his debut on Sunday for the Cowboys. Gave up a sixth rounder to get Jonathan Hankins. Um, and yeah, that's where we are. Cowboys six and two going into the bye week. One trade, nothing more. John has a smile. Oh, it'll be sold. In a totally different way, it'll be we're getting James Washington back, Tyron Smith's coming back, Jalen Tolbert is starting to scratch the surface. We played him last week. Those are their trades. That's who they're getting. Those those are those are their roster additions. Newey, what does that do for you? It's the same old four letter sentence we get. We like our guys. <laughs> we like our guys. Um, okay. Jerry said he had some things cooking. The team has some things cooking. I'm, I'm confident they were having conversations with teams, but he also said, and, and when he said this next statement, this is what kind of led me to lean toward not believing that anything will happen today. He said, you have to be careful about being aggressive in these in these instances. He, when he was talking to 105.3 FM, the fan earlier today, basically said, you know, it works out for you when they, as in other GMs, come to you with offers. So sounds as if you know, it was a situation where they did get calls, um, but they weren't necessarily making them, if I had to speculate on that, based off of what Jerry said. So, again, the end result is the end result. Jonathan Hankins is is the sole trade of the 2022 NFL season for the Cowboys. Yeah, the only thing that will make this a little bit more interesting is if, you know, things get leaked out about what certain players could have be had for... And it'll happen. Yeah, or, or for and what they were available for and... That probably won't be good for fans. They probably won't like to see that, particularly at the wide receiver position. I don't know. I feel like they needed to do more at wide receiver, and we'll see. It might be fine, and they might, you know, go with their guys, and it might lead to a great season. Um, but if it doesn't, I think we'll end up looking back on the trade deadline. Just And, and it's just – it's not like – because I hate to just look at it from a Cowboys perspective. Mm-hmm. It's you just look across the league. Right. Like it, it's <laughs> – today's been entertaining, and, right. and, and, and I feel like it's – trended in that direction over the last few years where teams are making more moves like this and uh i just i just think you look at it from a perspective of if you're not going to do it now then then when is it going to happen because this just looks like not only where the team's headed but also how wide open the nfc is it seems like this would be a great time to you know what i wonder i wonder um, because in in saying that the cowboys didn't make any additional trades today and I think we can all agree that if they were going to make one, it was probably going to be at the wide receiver position. Um, there's there's interest in a guy like Brandon Cooks, for example, but Cooks didn't go anywhere. The Texans didn't move him anywhere. So it makes me wonder if either one or two things happen. If either the Texans' asking price was too high on Cooks or it was feasible until Claypool 
yielded a second-round right. pick. And then the Texans double back and say, hey, well, if Claypool can get a second-round pick, surely for a multi-1,000-year you know, receiver in Brandon Cooks, we can get more than that. So I The mean, tough thing with those, though, are uh, – the contract too, you know. That's, that's the thing. A lot of people say with the Mark Cooper thing, they want to compare you. it to Claypool. Like you can't compare it because it's not apples to apples. Yeah. So there's a lot more to it. And then let's be honest, they're going to know a lot more about the players. Mm-hmm. They've watched all the tape on these. You know, the thing that we do after the Hankins trade is like, let's. I'm going to tell you how he fits in. Like, do you really think that I really know better how he's going to fit in than someone that's watched all? I mean, J- Jonathan Damn Hankins. Man. Like I knew going in <laughs> that they were going to trade for Jonathan Hankins. Like I knew like yeah. three. I, I was I was just telling Todd Archer this. Like how often or here even this Newey. When's the last time that you that you can remember the Cowboys making a move? It doesn't even have to be a trade. That when it's actually happened, you were like, oh yeah, we we knew that was going to happen. Like you, you look back, like the Michael Bennett trade, Robert Quinn, Amari Cooper. You might have known certain positions they were looking at, but in terms of the players they added, I can't remember the last time we were like, "Oh yeah, I knew they were going to trade for Roy Williams from Detroit." Or I, don't, I wasn't around here for Antonio. Uh, I mean, for uh, sorry, Joey Galloway. But I, when's the last time that I that like you know the ESPN thing comes up and you're like, "Oh yeah, we knew this was coming down." The Galloway trade was not a surprise, and the reason I say it was not a surprise because. This was one trade that actually, when you saw it, fit. Yeah. And you saw it because they were getting Keyshawn back. Right, right. Keyshawn didn't like Gruden at the time. Yeah. Um, That was toxic. Keyshawn was Bill's guy. Joey Galloway fit more of what John was looking for, speed guy. So that was one of those where we we, we kind of thought about it a little bit like, this makes sense. And, and, and of course, you know, Bill was always about trying to chase down some of his guys. Yeah. um, So it ended up working out here. When I look about look at Jay, uh, Chase Claypool for a second round pick, I had this conversation with Barry Church. It was, we were just talking uh, before I came in into the star, and I said, with the Cowboys having to pay a lot of good players coming up, oh yeah, a second round pick is valuable to them. That is a starting player at a low cost. You hope that the player can do more than play special teams like Kelvin Joseph. If we can get a lot more than that, it's Sam Williams. You know, you hope you can get Trayvon Diggs type, yeah. you know, your second yeah. round pick. Yeah, I said, Marcus it's, Lawrence. Yeah, I said, it's, I said, it's just too valuable. I mean, yeah, you like a receiver, but you're talking about a second rounder? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just, yeah, I don't see good. them being able to do that when you think about financially how and, they are. And your second rounder isn't even going to beat what they offered because it's it's the Bears' second rounder. There is going to be, that's going to be a higher a pick. A They're going to take that. Point. Wonderful point Thank that you. fans need to understand that when you see these picks that are being given up, not every pick in each round is equal. So, yeah, you might see it come across the transaction wire as a second round pick, but whose pick is it? Right. Where is where is that second round pick going to happen? Is it the top? Is it the mid? Is it the bottom of the round? And that matters because an early second round pick is essentially a late first round pick. Right. So yeah. you got to think in terms of that as well. So I'm, I was completely out and I could not chuckle hard enough at seeing a second round pick given up for Claypool. Now, if you're the Bears, you could say they basically flipped. Uh, you know, what they were able to receive in the trade for Roquan Smith. Um, and that's fair, uh, logistically speaking. But again, from a Cowboys standpoint, to give up a second round pick when you see what Sam Williams yeah. is already doing and potentially could become Demarcus Lawrence as a former second round pick, Trevon Diggs, which is one of those players you're going to have to ante up some money to keep. Micah Parsons is not far behind. You're talking about keeping some key players. CD Lamb. CD Lamb and 14 Tony that Pollard. notoriously drafts well. The, again, and I said this last week, that's another lev- level of it, another layer of it, because if you're a team that that typically doesn't draft well, then the picks aren't as valuable 
to you as a team that does draft well. And where are you in terms of your organization? I think so many times people don't understand it. After watching the Bears play this week, and I saw Chase Claypool go there, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm happy. I need some more weapons. You need some more help. Yeah. And if you, in at some point in time, they have to do the true assessment on, is Fields our guy? Do we get him more help, and does that help him? Be, you look at Jalen Hurts. You gave Jalen Hurts a weapon like A.J. Brown to go with. Well, you're seeing what you can get out of the player. So I'm, I'm one of these guys that thinks if you draft these quarterbacks here, get them some offensive linemen, get them some weapons so you can make a acute decision about whether the guy can play or not play. So I, I think of that as being positive. Bradley Chubb traded mm-hmm. to um, Miami from Denver and uh, for a first-rounder in, in Chase Edmonds, and I think to myself, boy, how bad has John Elway just screwed this thing up for himself? They could have had Josh Allen. No, no, we want Bradley Chubb. So no Josh Allen. Now you don't have Bradley Chubb. You've traded all this capital for Russell Wilson, which is why I look at the Chubb deal. I say, okay, you're getting a first back because you have to now start to get some of these. They gave up. I don't think people realize how they gave a lot for Russell Wilson. It's it's bad, and you've got to start to get some of this capital back here that you what you've traded away, and that's one reason why Carolina moved on from Christian McCaffrey. You don't have to pay the salary. You've got to get some of this trade capital back for these bum quarterbacks that you <laughs> paid for. But you give all that up because Russell's going to lift it all up. Do you don't believe that's going to happen? Let's ride. Yeah, you Russell say it every show cannot overcome bad coaching. I I can't tell you the last time I saw someone as bad as Nathaniel Hackett running a football team. It's awful. Now, we were there for for uh, the practice in Denver in the summertime, and I thought some of the stuff I saw from him was a little hokey. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Nick Sirianni. He's kind of like, like a clownish, I was, goofy I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was about stuff. to say, like, I was going like, to let you go for a while, and I was going to be like, hold and, and, on, but what about the guy in and Philadelphia? I, and and so. I just sit up here and I just say, man, how long does this stuff last? Yeah. yeah. But good players help you last. Right, um, that's true. R- Russell Wilson coming into last year, you know, he wasn't running as much. He, he There were some holes in this game. And props to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. A whole lot of folks owe them some apologies because they saw that he yeah. was go- on the down. He's 33 years old and they're stuck. So – but I, but I do believe that you've got a bad coach, and he he should be one and done. The man had to go hire someone to help him manage coach. the game. <laughs> First off, why wasn't he brought on staff from day one? Right. Uh, their staff is young and inexperienced. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. The man didn't call plays in Green Bay. Matt Lafleur called the plays in Green Bay. Right. Where did he call, call plays at? Jacksonville. Bro, who gets mm-hmm. a job because you was with Blake Bortles? Mm-hmm. Who gets a job in this league? That guy. Well, and tying it into the Cowboys, um, I just I just think of when that deal went down to get Russell Wilson, how loaded we looked at, you oh. know, the AFC West and how yeah. that looked like that was going to be the bar for, for the NFL. And obviously Vegas has been a disaster. And uh, and Denver obviously has been a disaster. And then you look at the NFC East; like no one would have said at that time, "Oh no, wait, the NFC East is going to be." And the NFC East is there's not a team that's ha- even has a losing record, you know. So wait, is that right? Correct. That's right. Because Washington's Commanders four are and four. Five, uh, four. That's right. They are four and four. They were the ones I was. I was like, wait, are they three, yeah. four, yeah, four, they beat four? The that's right. Yeah, just which, which, yeah. which people didn't really want to talk about at some point in time the tide will turn it's cyclical. This is what the National Football League is cyclical. Because I was saying to somebody, hey, I remember one time when the when 
Seattle won the division like seven and nine record. Yeah. And that, that was that big quake game that yeah, uh, that, yeah. that we saw Marshawn Lynch jump in the end zone and you know grabs peanuts and <laughs> and, and show the fans, but skittles that he grabbed everything. Um, but that's how this league works. It is very cyclical. But what what we're seeing in Denver cannot last. They they have to move on from him. Yeah, you're the Waltons. You've got enough money. They can write a check. But since you've got Russell Wilson here and you've got this investment, you better go find someone in here who can figure out. Hey, what does he do best and how to use him? Because it's not this ain't it. This ain't it. And I spin that and I go back into Mike McCarthy, who by the way used to babysit uh, young Nathaniel Hackett back mm-hmm. in the day. Give Mike a lot of credit for this team being six and two and keeping this ship afloat. Yeah. Because I didn't see it happening after Dak Prescott went down, and they had, so it was a nineteen to three game against Tampa Bay, and um, all the credit in the world to Mike because what's happened in my mind, people saying his job was in jeopardy, mm-hmm. Sean Payton go take it, uh, lose a quarterback. I mean, uh, he he's props going, off McCarthy has gone from hearing all off season, you know, about rumors of Sean Payton and the narrative of, oh, well, this is a lame duck season for him. And, they, you know, the team trades away Amari Cooper and then they release Lyle Collins. And, of course, in the moment, a lot of people are saying, well, it looks like they're setting him up to Fail. be replaced for Payton. Um, and then the disaster that was week one, which included the loss of Dak Prescott. And you, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, here we go. Fast forward to the bye week. And I don't even think it's arguable that McCarthy should be in the conversation for head coach of the year. Like, he, he's a candidate for head coach of the year. That could happen. I didn't say he'd win. Yeah. I said he's in the conversation. Justifiably I, I, speaking, know, I mean, he backup quarterback comes in in Cooper Rush, goes 4-1, and one, keeps the Cowboys more than on float, more than afloat. Dak Prescott, he comes back and looks like he's finding his, his chemistry now with the offense. You're, I mean, you're not crazy for saying it, yeah. but – you got Dayball in New York, so you already yeah, know what I you know. Say, that. I didn't say he'd win. And then I look at Pete Carroll. Yeah, I looked at the odds earlier today. He's like uh, sixth or seventh. Yeah, I, I look at Pete Carroll yeah. and, and and where that's gone here, the Jets with Salah. I mean, I just I just think because, because so much is about your team was so bad the year before right. and where you're at now right. that a guy like McCarthy just – Because he was 12-5 and five last season. Right, even though you're like saying, hey, you lost your star left tackle, you lost your franchise right. quarterback, lost your right. running back, lost your two safeties, lost your tight – they, they just will not count. It, it, it just won't. I mean, Belichick can't win coach of the year to save his life. They're just not going to give it to him. Yeah. You know, that's so, so after a while. I think that's the, the Zach Martin principle, where it's just like when you're so good for so long, you have to do so much more going forward to remind people that, you know, the platinum standard is, is still platinum because they start looking at platinum as copper because you've been doing it so long that they get jaded on it, right? So it's like when you're, when you're ranking players, you know, Week to week and say, okay, well, who were the top Cowboys players coming out of any respective game? 99.9% of the time, Zach Martin should be on that list. But people, when you're having conversations with people about it, they tend to forget Zach because, oh, well, he, he did what Zach Martin does. Well, that's not fair. Your, your right? bar is you. Right. So it's like, that's that's not fair. <laughs> your, bar right. is your, own, your, your bar is your own greatness. Right. And then, uh, Ke- so he's Kevin eighth up. right now. It's Nick Sirianni is one, Brian Dable. These are the like Vegas ads. Brian yeah. Dable is two, Kevin O'Connell, Pete Carroll, Robert Sala. Sean McDermott. I like Salah a lot for and, that. Mike McDaniel. And, and McConnell, and was, McConnell was the other one I was just I about like to Sal- mention You talk about turning teams around. I like Salah a lot for yeah. the conversation we're talking about. I mean, imagine if the guy had a quarterback. 
Uh, imagine. I mean, imagine. That's the guy. You said though at the beginning of the Sean Payton stuff. I'm, I'm as much as I hate to bring this up because we all hate even discussing it. But you know, it comes all right back if they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, hey, it comes look. all. I mean, it doesn't matter like how good. What I mean, and I'm not saying in here it comes back. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that you know that that's going to be. You no, know, Jets might have a quarterback next season if they can, you know, get Cooper Rush and. Cooper Rush, uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, just throw the whole bag at Cooper yeah. Rush and no, give the Cowboys I, a third round. I comp think pick. Denver would be willing to trade <laughs> Russell Wilson. Uh, John with a huge smile. That would be wild. <laughs> I'm telling that you, would be Jets wild. throw a bag at a huge bag at Cooper Rush. Hey, look, this day, if if, if third round comp, who's that guy that replaced Russell Wilson in <laughs> NC State? Um, Glennon. Glennon. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. If Mike yeah. Glennon can go get a starting job from the Bears in, in, in a bag, even though they drafted Trubisky like two weeks later, but still, um, yes. It yeah, is, but don't it's you possible. think that that would be a, a situation for Cooper Rush where he would go to a team where, yeah, we're going to draft somebody, but you be the guy right now until we bring – I mean, that seems like some. if a team was offering him money, I would feel like that would be their plan. Like, you be our starter right now. But, hey, just to give you a heads up, we're drafting somebody, if not in the first round, in the second round, you know? So the, the, the scenario I gave Heckma Harrison and Barry Church didn't like. I said, wherever Dan, Dan Quinn goes, he probably takes him with him. I said, let's say Dan goes up to Indianapolis. Yeah. You know, I can see him taking a Cooper Rush with him. I don't think Indianapolis, though, can afford to do the veteran quarterback thing anymore. I just think well, that they've think taken that, oh so many God. swings well, that well, I don't <laughs> think Jim Mersey will stand for that. I well, think he's but, drafting but, somebody. But based on what you said. Yeah. They're, you draft somebody still. I, yeah, I yeah. think you. I think it's a situation where you're trying to cover both bases. Here we yeah. have a young guy here. We got a veteran here. Yeah. Um, that, that's what you should be doing here. So that that's how I see this thing thing working out. Um, you know, come back to when the Giants had Kurt Warner and they also had Eli Manning. So yeah. you know that that kind of situation. So that can work there as well. So hey, we got to get a break in. We're late. Let's get a break in here with John Mashota and we've got Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. I'm Dewey Scruggs, Media Match right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling. United Ag and Turf. For winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Media Mash. All right, Cowboys heading into the bye week at 6-2. Let's talk about it with Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com, Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, and John Mashota of The Athletic. Cowboys uh, at the trade deadline don't do anything at all. So just in case you're wondering here, uh, trade deadline ended three, 20 minutes ago. Cowboys, no trade. So off week, then it is off to Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field. Mike McCarthy said, I'm not talking about that this week. I'm not talking about it. I'm going up to this one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because at the start of the season, I was like, I don't know if they can win this game. Now I'm like, hey, mm. hey, you're a favorite mm. in this. They will be favored mm. going into Lambeau Field, Patrick. Absolutely. Um, and I think we all felt the same way collectively when you looked at the schedule ahead of, uh, ahead of the years actually starting. And you said, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, if nothing, it, it's the it's the demon. Um, that continues to find its way in, <laughs> into cutting off the knees of the Dallas Cowboys. But over the course of these, the, the first half of the season, uh, Green Bay just continues to spiral more and more each week to the point where now you see Aaron Rodgers just flat out throwing guys under the bus, everyone except himself. Because he goes off on the tangent. I don't blame him, man. Listen. I don't blame him. The optics of it are horrible. I'm I'm fine with you holding your guys accountable. That's not my problem with it. My problem with it is from a leadership perspective, in the same conversation that you're throwing these guys under the bus, when you are now posed the question, well, what about you? Even if you believe this in your head, which is totally fine because you're a competitor and you're a future Hall of Famer, that's fine. But you you have to frame it a certain way and say, well, you know what? I have things I can work on as well. Because even though you're a future Hall of Famer, you've made mistakes. You've critical, made bad throws. He's a critical Hold thinker. Hold on. But then he's – right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. But then he says, well, after throwing everyone under the bus – He's asked about himself, and he says, well, I'm coming off of the highest-graded game of the season, my coach has said. So the, the implication is it can't possibly be me. Like, none of this is my fault. And then turns around and says, we're right where we need to be because now nobody believes in us going into Buffalo. Okay, well, now you're coming out of Buffalo. You got slapped around in Buffalo. I, I'm going to be honest with you. First off, I did pick Minnesota to win the division. I had the Packers make the playoffs. Fair. Miss, missing the playoffs. Had to miss the playoffs. But it really – you give this dude a good roster, he go, he's going to go out here and ball and win some games. Who, Aaron? Games, yeah. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I mean, look. I, I thought I thought elite quarterbacks were supposed to make toilet bowls in the Super Bowls. I thought you, you were what, supposed to, to make you know, everybody around you I mean, you, you got better. the toilet of the 2020 bowl. Okay, and he's supposed to be the, the hey, balloter hey, of hey, all hey, ballots. I'm, I'm sorry. Even, you know, the man. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, man. You need to keep the energy is what I'm saying. But but just. Oh, I'll keep it. Yes. All day long, he's the man. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> you put him on the right team. I mean, I've watched this. I mean, literally, you the Packers like it lines up perfectly from when the Cowboys fell off from winning their Super Bowls. From that time until now, the Packers have been like arguably the best team in the NFL. Right. Every single. I mean, now of course it's crazy that you bookend Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, but 
the receivers they've given him are just well, and see, terrible. Here's my point, because I'm being facetious. My, and, and that's me throwing shade at those who don't really understand the nature of the game. And there's a an event horizon that says the better you are, the more likely it is you elevate the talent around you as far as if you're the quarterback. But there's an event horizon that says if you're – no matter how good you are, if your talent is nowhere near commensurate with how good you are, you're going to be exactly where the Packers are right now, which is spiraling down the I porcelain bowl. I mean, uh, yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah, the, the, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, you should be fired for, for the many bad moves he's made. But put Aaron Rodgers it on that. started with the joy and love stuff. Oh, yes, he's, yeah. he's been but you, you You give Aaron Rodgers what Tua's got? That team might oh, yeah. that, that, okay. that team might be seven zero. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean that sure. that you know, give him some real talent. Hell, give Amari Cooper like Jacoby Brissett had last night. He could just these guys are bad. Yeah, I mean they're really bad. I mean as bad as the Cowboys could use another receiver right now, you would want nobody off that team. This nobody. Is, that's a bad. That's a bad group the, of guys. This is who the Cowboys defense is about to go against in, in a couple of weeks. That's just yeah. Fr- you know what? They're licking their chops. It fr- frustrate him. Get on after him. So he's looking around. Where's your block? I mean, he might pull Blaming a Tom. Guys, might be a, pull a Tom Brady. Start cussing dudes out on the sideline. I pull Antonio but, Brown. Take the jersey off. No, <laughs> but I still, I still, I still need to see it to believe it. Because I still think like there's just <laughs> there's so much. Thing there's the just so much. Like evidence trauma. that yeah okay you're speaking from a All place right, of just trauma <laughs> wait wait till you wait let's just see what happens and watch him just have the best game of his life in this game and then all of a sudden yeah, you know they it's the Cowboys game of course yeah I just I don't or, know. or what I always say um, when they play Aaron Rodgers we know how it ends everyone dies yeah <laughs> yeah that I mean, movie wow. ends Seriously. everyone everyone dies at the end Kevin hit your mic mm-hmm. over there man just, is that yeah. what's happening is that what's happening? It sound like your mic's not on there got it is it Go yep. talk, 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 man, talk. Talk one, two, one, one two, two, one two. No, no, no. no, no. no. Hit another button there. Another button. Just hit buttons. Yeah, yeah. Just hit buttons and oh, keep talking. What? No. 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 Okay. No. Okay, talk loud enough and maybe we'll pick it up. Thanks. Thanks. We'll get it fixed. Look, I. But but back to McCarthy going back here, you, you know this means the world, yes, especially McCarthy. against Aaron Rodgers, because yeah. Aaron Rodgers had no love for him on the way out. They were not good, <laughs> to was, say the least. It was it was not good, and, and Rob Davis as well. I mean, keep in mind Rob Davis yes. is in that equation as well. And look, let's be honest, they Joe were Fielding. right. The reason they were right, because they won without him. Yeah, it was funny today. Scott McCurley, the linebackers coach who was with them, and he was one of the guys that, you know, worked with McCarthy in the barn when he had his time off and that. He even said, uh, you know, when do you think it'll hit Mike? Uh, you know, will it be one of those things where he's pulling up to the stadium, you know, the game day and all? He's like, oh, no, when that plane lands, because they're flying into Green Bay. Normally they fly into Appleton. They're flying into Green Bay. He's like, as soon as that plane lands, it'll it'll hit him for sure. Like, But that's the thing, like, Mike probably wouldn't want to talk about it, but the player's obviously going to know. This is Coach's first time going back there. He's got a street, he's got street, street named after him. Like, they're going to know. Like, even if it isn't something that he says in front of them, you know, maybe it's Joe Witt. Maybe it's, you know, who knows? Uh, they're going to be well aware of what, yeah. what's on the line in this game and how important it yeah. is for Mike McCarthy to go up there and win. It's too much um, Packers blood running through the the. Cowboys coaching organization at the moment between McCarthy yeah. and Philbin and yeah. and Rob Davison. I mean, the, the fields are going to be there. Um, but for the players, the players don't care. The play, I mean, you talk about somebody like Micah. Micah's just going up there to, to eat faces, right? But <laughs> yes, but at the same time, 
as I feel like this is a group of guys that really want to play for each other. And yeah, I can see guys, facts. well, hey, look, man, Absolutely. we want to come out here and get, get you this. Right, There's no question. I already got it already. If they win this game, that video that they put up right after is going to be like a Zach Martin or somebody giving Mike McCarthy the game ball. You know, it's one of those things like that. Um, so, yeah, it won't be – They'll be, whenever we're in the locker room next week, they'll tamper it down and they won't say very much about it and they'll try and downplay it. But there's no question, like behind the scenes, to a man, right. they want to win this game for them. So, so here's the interesting thing, okay? After the game, when they win, because you know how you got to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Do you go to Jerry or do you go to Mike's presser? You know, we used to just blow Jason off. <laughs> it's like, go get Jerry. You gotta go go to get Mike. you get Jerry. You got to go to Mike. You got to Mike? You got to go to Mike. If, if they pull this off, you got to go to Mike. For a lot of reasons. Every reason that we just stated, but then there's the added reason of, you know, the fans are going to want to hear Mike's feelings after this. Um, because there's an added layer from a fan standpoint, although the game logistically won't mean as much as what happened in the 2024 2024, I'm sorry, 2014 divisional round. But uh, there's the oddity of Mike McCarthy going back into Green Bay wearing Cowboys colors and defeating Aaron Rodgers, the guy who he had, let's just say beef, beef with on the way out. I mean, all these stories, it's just fun. So you got to. You think Jerry's going to take the game ball and give it to him? Jerry, I mean, what's Jerry, what's Jerry going to do with the game ball? Oh, I it's think possible. we're in the building now. There you go. Oh, hey, 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 we're riding. Hey, hey. Yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. Found his voice in the microphone. In the microphone. It was just there. So what do you think? Come out. Yeah, jump in. Just say something real aggressive right now about anything. Uh, I think Aaron Jones runs for 200 on the Cowboys. Whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> hey, oh, with your whoa. chest. <laughs> you, hey, you want hot take? You want look. As someone just, who has Aaron Jones in fantasy, you know, I want the Michael Jordan. <laughs> was, Michael, it was always Michael, Michael came to my town. I watched him score 50 on my boys, and we wanted the buzzer. That's what happened. The first time he ever played the Charlotte Hornets, when he, when he was a member of the Bulls, dude comes back to Charlotte Coliseum. They think he threw it like 46 or something like yeah. that. And Kurt Rambis hit a tip it in the buzzer, and the Charlotte Hornets ran off the court. That's it. So if Jones does that and they win the game, yeah. But they do need to work on that run defense. Yeah. That run defense worries. You know what? Let's take a break. I want to get back. I want to get into the run defense okay. here. Because I've, I've heard different takes on this come Monday. Some people saying, ah, man, you know, enjoy the win. You're worrying too much. Other people saying, hey, look, this matters. Let's take it around the table with John Michonne, Kevin Gray, Patrick Walker. I'm New East Grace's Media Match right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This week! 
Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less. The satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA equal housing lender credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back, back to Media Mash. All right, Media Mash. On the trade deadline, Cowboys don't make any trades at all. All right, let's talk with John Mishota of The Athletic. Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. The Chicago Bears, 240 yards of rushing on 43 carries, even though they lost 49-29 to to the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium as Dallas improves at 6-2. I said before the game, I'm worried about this run defense. So I'll start with you, Kevin Gray. Am I, am I crazy? Am I making too much of it? Should I just be happy with the dub? You tell me. It's weird because Chicago ran for over 240 yards in the game, just like they did on Monday night against the Patriots. But it felt like the Cowboys were still in control of the game because the more you ran the ball, the longer drives that they had, it didn't necessarily matter. They just kept the ball and just kept running it. But they weren't necessarily scoring when it mattered most in the end. Cowboys, I think, got dominated. The Bears had 36 minutes of time of possession Mm -hmm. on Sunday. But it didn't matter because they still lost by 20. I think it's different going against the Packers because you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers who will exploit you and be able to capitalize, I feel like, on long drives, unlike Justin Fields did on on Sunday. So I'm looking at the numbers, and my eyes started to pop because I'm watching Aaron Jones here apparently averaging six yards per carry this year with 575 yards on the ground. And while, yeah, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers-esque, this game concerns me because what the Packers are able to still do well, which is run the ball, you still can't do well in defending the run. So I have concerns still, and I think those concerns will still be there even with the addition of Jonathan Hankins. I think two things can be true. One, you can enjoy the win, um, and two, you can enjoy the win while understanding you still have opportunities for improvement. Uh, I do believe that the Cowboys still need to improve their run defense, but I wouldn't use the Bears game as a barometer or as a means of pointing to that and saying, hey, look, the Bears ran up 240, 241 yards. I don't care. I personally don't care. Well, why don't you care? I don't care for the same reason that Kevin just alluded to. The Cowboys basically let them run the ball. We, we get off to a fast start, the Cowboys do, 14-0, 21-7, cetera, et cetera. And the Bears, knowing that they don't have any wide receiver targets, knowing they don't have a passing game, what do they do? They keep 
running the ball. And if I'm Mike McCarthy and I'm Dan Quinn, I'm like, by all means, continue to run the ball because you're also running the clock down. You're not getting any touchdowns off of these. And the scoreboard and the clock is working against you. Have at it. You could have run for 300 yards if you wanted to. I don't care. Not all rushing yards are created equal, much like not all passing yards are created equal. That's why you have yak as a category and you have air yards as a category. But these, I could see if it was a close game, if the Cowboys were you know, ever truly lost control of the game, if it went down to the wire and they had given up 240 yards, you could say, well, the reason it went down to the wire, the reason they almost lost this game was because of that. But it's not. Those yards were mostly of no consequence. Cowboys backed up and said, we're going to sell out on the pass because we know you can't pass, but we know you need to pass. If you want to run the ball, run the ball. Have a 300-yard day. You're still going to catch this L. John, yeah, I still I still have concerns about the run defense in terms of, and again, I probably talk about this too much, uh, about the playoffs because that's what I care about. I've just covered too much. I don't care about the regular season. Thank I don't you. care really about the Bears game because, to be honest with you, nothing that happened in that Bears game will work against a, a really good team. It's great to have the like to flip it over on the offensive side. It's great to I mean Dak's back and and he's and he's throwing all over the yard and they're going up tempo and they're running the ball well and all that. That's great. We we even seen that after the offense started slumping last year and then all of a sudden you play good teams and it's like is that really going to happen? I mean like for example that team didn't have anything that scares you on defense so you can go up tempo because no one's going to knock you off of your game. You can stay ahead of the chains. So. The, the Bears game entirety, like none of that really for me translates over to when I t- when I start thinking about the playoffs. And then to your point, the same thing with the run defense. Like I just don't see really good teams still running the ball if they're down late in the fourth quarter like that. So it's hard to take anything from that game and be like, oh, I can see how this will be against, you know, I guess like Philadelphia or Minnesota or some of these playoff teams. So I do still have concerns about the run defense. Adding Hankins, I think, was a big move in the right direction. And as long as they can stay healthy on that side of the ball, I think they're trending in the right direction where they'll be better on the run defense, but they're not going to be a team that just shuts down teams on, in the run. And I, I go back to, to, to what you talked about, and, and I come back into this. You know, 240 yards concerns me because this is not going to cut it in the playoffs. Um, I don't expect a team to run for, the, for 240 yards right. on it, but just at some point in time, you're going to have to when you when you face Minnesota this year, um, when you face Tennessee this year, you're going to go down the stretch and face some, some teams that can run the ball. I'd like to see this thing improve. I go back to Tony Dungy's Super Bowl team. I think they were dead last in rushing, um, got it together at the end, went on a roll and, and, and won a Super Bowl. So no, you do not have to have um, 22 perfect players out there. You know, every every unit going to be solid. You're going to have to cover warts. Lord knows the Rams' offensive line. I thought last year was shaky. They just went to the Super Bowl to face a team that had a worse offensive, shakier line than them. Yeah, and it ended up being right. their undoing. So well, you can mask some warts and get yourself far in the playoffs. I'm glad you brought that up with those with those other teams because you think about who again. Me going back to the playoffs here. You you possibly get. You think you think that the Vikings are going to beat the Cowboys in the playoffs because Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball all over the yard? There's no way that's happening. Not with this pass defense. Philadelphia, they're going to want to run the football against the Cowboys. Uh, the Giants are going to want to run the football. They're not going to be expecting Daniel Jones to win games against them. San Francisco, Atlanta, they're going to want those teams are going to want to run the ball against the Cowboys. So you're going to have to do something to stop the run. Their, their quarterbacks are not going to beat this pass defense. They're just not. And I think more so for me, it's not necessarily just the rushing yards themselves and what we've seen. 
It's about the disposition and what teams feel like they could do against you. San Francisco walked in this building and knew that they could run the football and out-physical you and punish you, and they did so repeatedly. That's what I get concerned with as we get deeper into the seasons, that teams like San Francisco, Minnesota, who have a disposition that they want to play physical football, that they feel like they can go wherever it is in your own building or at their own building and punk you out and win football games by just simply running the football and not even giving Dak Prescott in this offense a chance to be able to be on the field as much as they, they want him. That's what concerns me is what the attitude may say about their inability to stop the run in my mind. Well, these are some of the great questions as we look at the ha- you know almost halfway point for the Cowboys. Um, they got a lot of positives. That's the only real thing I point to and say, boy, that's a concern for me. And Considering all the injuries they've been through, I go once again back to these coaches, um, the job they've done. You know, Lunda Wells with the tight ends, uh, Joe Philbin with the with the running backs, um, what Al Harris and Joe Witt have been able to do with the defensive backfield. There's so many different things that have been, been moving moving parts for this team. Um, for for George Edwards and Dan Quinn continuing to figure out how to unleash Michael Parsons to play his best football. Uh, Leighton Vanderesh is having a nice season. I wondered what they would get out of him. So there, there's a lot of positives for a team that. After after the first week of the season, I'm telling you right now, I'm like, this is gonna, this is not going to be a fun year. It's funny because breaking my, news as well, by the way. What you okay. got? Sidebar: The Cowboys have now waived Tristan Hill. Wow! So likely tried to trade him. Yeah. Probably didn't happen at the deadline. That that has now been confirmed. Saw a report okay. out there. Just sent a sent some uh, sent a text upstairs to see if we can get that confirmed. It has been confirmed. So Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill wow. has been waived by the Cowboys um, and. It'll, it'll be interesting because he should be, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's not vested, so he's going to be subject to waivers mm, uh, right. if, I'm not co- if I'm correct. So there will be a chance for a team to claim him. I know that that changes um, after the trade deadline. So now that we're after the trade deadline, everyone's subject to waivers now technically. so Yeah, and it also yeah. answers a lot of questions that anybody would have had about Neville Gallimore. That absolutely you know, does. that Because that was the thing two weeks ago was – you know, Mike McCarthy said, coach's decision, Neville Gallimore or Tristan Hill? And they went with Tristan Hill. And then this week against the Bears, Tristan Hill was inactive. Neville Gallimore was up, played a lot. Um, so it's pretty clear that Neville Gallimore was, was not going to be going anywhere. Right. But also, because, you know, when that Hankins deal happened, there were some people that probably thought, oh, you know, this looks like, yeah. Right. And it was but never, they're different players. Yeah, and it was never Hankins versus uh, Gallimore because, like you said, different roles, different players, yeah. different homework assignments. So, and Gallimore, once he was completely healthy, he had the wrist issue, the wrist issue that kind of cropped up right ahead of the Lions game. Um, they ended up giving Tristan Hill the nod, but Gallimore was active against the Bears. And I don't know exactly how this works, but I think this also might have some impact on Basham. Because Basham was a guy that they were gonna, it was gonna be tough to, the, the, on the defensive line numbers. They were getting pretty tight there, Very. and so with Basham, I would think that with this move, then he's probably good to go for the rest of the season because he's yeah. coming back from from the yeah, IR spoke, and that. Spoke with Basham a couple of days ago, and and he said that exact phrase. He said, "I'm good, yeah, I'm solid, I'm good to go." And they've already activated his 21 day window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. That's going to be. It goes down to numbers. There's one on right. the defensive line, but just as a roster as a whole, I fully expect that James Washington, after the bye, if not as early as next week, he might see his 21 day window activated, so that he might be available maybe as early as. Gut. This is just gut. Maybe as early as Vikings, I'd be surprised yeah. if he was on the field for Green Bay. But what are we? A lot of a lot is at play here. And Tristan Hill, he he's the odd man out now. Yeah. So. What are we hearing from the assistant coaches? They made them available today. Quite a bit, actually. I thought um, the, I, I I I know you and I were both here at the same time. I thought Skip Pete was awesome. Skip was Skip is the is is the him. 
<laughs> when it comes to <laughs> yeah. um, speaking about uh, or getting, you know, intricate, detailed information about the thought processes on what's going on in his posi- particular position unit. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's, he's been not around a, a long time, yeah, too, so he has great examples. And he, he's not oblivious to what's going on. The about the Raiders example? Yeah, the Raiders, oh, yeah, he had a ton of Raiders he, examples. He talked Bo to me about Jackson that in Denver. Marcus Allen Denver, and, and, about that. you know, Van Egan and things like that. And basically what he said was, uh, I love how he positioned it as for those that are wondering oh, or saying, well, Tony Pollard should be RB1, he should get the bulk of the snaps. Skip was very blunt in saying Tony ran out of gas on Sunday against the Lions. He said after he did that that 54-yard touchdown run, uh, he came over to Skip and said, I'm done, I'm done, I, I, I'm it, that's it for me for the day. And he equated Tony Pollard to a race car in that race car is going to be fast, it's going to give you what you need, but it's going to run out of uh, fuel much quicker than an expensive luxury sedan that can keep going and keep going and keep going. And the latter is what he equated to Ezekiel Elliott being. And he's saying, he said, you need both. He said, I'm accustomed to having both. He said, Al Davis taught him this in his time with the Raiders when they were out in Oakland. He had both, uh, like, two or three different running back tandems. His first stint with the with the Cowboys in the Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett era, he talked about Felix Jones and Marion Barber and Julius Jones and Marion Barber and, and then Felix and, and DeMarco, et cetera, et cetera. So he said this is what needs to happen, and I love how he put it schematically because he said defenders have come up to him and said, hey, the way you guys are playing makes it very difficult for us from a muscle memory standpoint because here you have Zeke as the primary and Tony's faster, so you have Zeke as the bruiser. When Zeke hit, beats the A or B gap and he gets to the second level, two or three times in a row, now as a defender, you have a certain lane, a certain angle that you're taking to stop Zeke. That's what now you're getting used to, and all of a sudden here comes Tony, runs the exact same play, but by the time Tony gets to that spot, the line that you took thinking it was Zeke subconsciously. And Tony gone. You, Tony's yeah. gone, and now you're chasing Tony, yeah. right? So that is the dynamic that the Cowboys are working for. And I just liked it that he verbalized basically what a lot of people are probably thinking. You're, you're just – Tony Pollard's not going to get 20 snaps. And he keeps or, saying or, or 20 carries, well, I should Zeke say. Zeke ain't getting 20 well, these days alive. <laughs> right. that's, a, that's becomes but a even if, even if 30 he, was it. If not a little stretch, right? For but it, but it's the okay. Could he go back out there and get three or four more yards on a carry? Yeah, of course he could. But it's do you want those forty yarders? You want those fifty yarders? Yeah. You want to keep mm. him fresh to get that. Um, the other one that stood out to me, uh, another uh, great quote I like. I wish we could talk to the assistant coaches more. Um, we got to talk to him today because uh, it's the bye week, and then the only other time we get to talk to him is in one day in training camp. It's like about a thirty minute thing. They kind of bring them all out, and then you kind of get who you can get and and try and make the most of it. But I love talking to Joe Witt. Awesome. Uh, great quotes as, as, again, a lot of experience, a lot of different things. To talk. Anyway, he was telling, uh, I asked him about Micah, and I was like, so, you know, how does he stand out to you? How do you compare him and things like that? And he's good friends with Ryan Clark and Charles Woodson. He said that he's told them that he really believes Micah could be a starting safety, linebacker, defensive lineman, and be as good as anybody in the league at any of those positions. And even he said that Charles Woodson and Ryan Clark both were like, come on, Joe, let's be serious. He's like, no, he goes, I, he goes, I think he could even play any position on offense outside of quarterback. Like, and he goes, I don't normally say that about guys, but he's like, really, that's where Micah Parsons is at. Just talking to, you know, whether you're talking to McCurley or you're talking to George Edwards or Joe Witt, all these defensive coaches – they they do not think that we've seen the best of Mike Michael Parsons. You know that there's still plenty that that oh, he can continue to do, um, and there's just a variety of things that they continue to do with him. And and I don't know. I've, so almost a year and a half, almost a year and a half into this, give me a comp, the player you've seen play, a comp for Michael Parsons that is not Lawrence Taylor, mm. Kevin Stark. Oh boy. Um, 
<laughs> I got a guy. I guess in most recent time, because he's been in the league for a while, I'll just give it to him. I'll say T.J. Watt. Okay. Patrick? Mm, 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 mm. I like that as far as archetypes. Go. Yeah. Um. Jeez, that's a rough one. I think I know what you're getting at here, obviously, when they answer and asking this question. But, okay. yeah. <laughs> the one that I've just heard the most is Clay Matthews, just because it's McCarthy talking about how he used Clay Matthews when they won the Super Bowl. But obviously, but that's yeah, still yeah he's not. Uh, that's still vastly yeah. different. He's not, Matthews not nearly as athletic as Parsons. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I said, taking Lawrence out of the equation, when I think of Michael Parsons, I just think of a pure weapon. It's just where's this guy out on the field? It's Junior Sale. Yeah. And I just think I like of just, that. you know, I the like ability. That. What about just, Derek Brooks? Um, I mean, I'm sorry, not Derek Brooks, yeah, but uh, Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. Mm, yes, I Yeah. Derek Thomas yeah. as well, but you know, just that 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 ability Chiefs to know just, who you know, sure yes. Do. I mean, boy, I go back to Derek Thomas, think about how great he was at Alabama. Just remember yeah. one man wrecking crew just to show, but you know, just with Junior and also and the other thing was Junior's enthusiasm and just the way he, you know, that whole that whole town and everyone oh, yeah. Junior was just that kind of guy. And Mike is that kind of guy. I mean, you, you've got charisma. you got the per- – I mean, there's all, so much with it. It's a total yeah. package, yeah. I mean, they, they are very fortunate to have, have that young man, and he's not 100%. Yeah, he's no, he's not, definitely not. He's not 100% at all. But hey, he made the two biggest plays in, in, in the last two games. Which, the, chase and down, the chase down from behind against Wright, the tight end from the Lions, and then him as, – as much as we talked about the running game wasn't really doing much from the, from the Bears' perspective – who knows how much different that game is in the fourth quarter if he doesn't pick up that fumble and not only recover it but then return it for a touchdown. I mean, that, yeah, the that right there. mind to get up and run. <laughs> yeah, that just, that just sealed yeah. that game. The game was over after that happened. It's like Michael Jordan. I'm not losing. I'm yeah. not losing. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Patrick Walker, Kevin Gray, John Mashota, thank you guys. We appreciate you coming on here for the Media Mash. I'm Newey Scruggs. We'll talk to you next time right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!